This episode of the Boss Horse Podcast is brought to you by, well, you. If you want to learn how to support our family of podcasts, head over to patreon.com slash Media or search for us on the Patreon app on your smart device. Thanks for helping us build something better. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Boss Rush Podcast, a great place to play games and be better. I'm one of your hosts, Corey Derrick, and alongside me, as always, is the PC Muscle Race himself, Laurent Dawkins. Hey, what's up? Laurent, you're wearing the pink shirt today. I know, right? I, I know. Appreciate it. I appreciate it. Pink looks good on you. It does. It, it, it's, actually, it's actually... I don't know when I started wearing pink, but it was one of those colors that I just obviously avoided for 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 obvious reasons you know and then and one time i was like i can't remember who told me but they were like um they're like you probably have the right skin tone to wear pink so i like got so like i got like a i got like the most the most vibrant ass pink shirt ever just to try it on it was like a button down and everything i loved it and at that point just started just it, it, every every time you know the, the bug catches me i'll just go out and buy something with pink in it that's fair you know i mean look my skin tone is is pink, so I'm wearing a black T-shirt. <laughs> it works the same way. <laughs> uh, also joining us uh, is the mad pharmacist herself, Stephanie Klimov, fresh off the uh, Mario movie. Let's go! But uh, let me tell you who doesn't like pink: my son Nikolai. And it's not because I told him that pink is for girls. No, it's just I guess he has an innate hate for pink so one of the trailers was that barbie movie that apparently is he was like i thought we were watching the mario movie this has pink i hate this i'm like oh geez like calm down he was shouting very loudly hello by the way everybody is using those darn barbie templates yeah and it's really confusing me of like is this just an actor I don't know, or is this just somebody using hashtag Barbie and it's just showing up on my feed? Because I'm not 100% sure anymore. Oh, man. Well, guys, we have a very special guest tonight, uh, a fan favorite around uh, the Boss Rush community, especially hey. lately with uh, the recent release of, of Chia on the PlayStation and PC. Uh, none other than uh, Jenny Wyndham, a.k.a. Kim Chika, the senior influencer manager over at Kepler Interactive. Hello. Hello. Wahoo. I'm very excited for the Mario movie. Yay. <laughs> and the Barbie movie. <laughs> so it's a good time to be pop culture fan. Yeah. I'll I'll just, I think there's going to be a lot of good references in that movie. Yeah. The I'll trailer just, I'll... honestly got me with the like when you see Barbie stepping out of the heels yep. and keeping the pointed toes. I was like, I'm sold. I'm, I'm <laughs> gonna watch this day one. It's great. I'll yeah. just say I wasn't I wasn't really jazzed for the uh, for the Barbie movie, and then um and then um and it was literally one of those ones like I, I I don't know I don't know what I was thinking, but I turned to my boyfriend and was like, okay, I, I you can miss me with that movie, and he's like, hell no, you're going to see that movie, <laughs> so I'm going to see the Barbie movie. <laughs> Oh my gosh, it comes out right before my birthday. So I'm like, I'm going to have a Barbie birthday party. I'm going to do what like <laughs> oh, second grade, you know, third grade me never got. It's going to be wonderful. I'm very nice. excited. <laughs> that's that's so crazy that 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 doll and that character and that brand has remained relevant for so long. Like, mm -hmm. you know, I I just man, it's it's, yeah. it's crazy. You know. 
I wasn't really ever uh, exposed to Barbies because I had never had a a I never had one, but B never had a sister or anybody that played with them. So you know, I swear outside of the acting ex outside of Margot Robbie and um and Gosling, the 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 acting talent that's thrown in behind this movie is ridiculous. Yeah, uh, Greta Gerwig, uh, Will Ferrell, Simu Liu, I love uh, him. Michael Sarah, America Ferrera, Kate McKinnon, uh, Issa Rae, Jesus Christ. Yeah, the cast it's... is out of this world. Star study. Yeah. That's crazy. I was a tomboy as a kid, so I'm not going to tell you what I did with my Barbie dolls. Mm. <laughs> did you cut their hair? I did not. This, did you put remember them in suggested behead, position? Behead them. Laurent got it right. <laughs> no. Behead them. No. I had a I had a friend that like we he me and him collected power rangers but yeah his, his, like, scared my cat so Sorry. no but what he would do was <laughs> oh no oh boy um he would put the power rangers and the barbies in suggestive <laughs> positions and of course i mean of course i was gonna say yeah we we uh, fast forwarded a little bit <laughs> yeah uh maybe this is an after dark topic but yeah he's <laughs> definitely uh we're gonna leave it at this. He definitely said, "I saw mommy and daddy doing that once," and I was like, "Oh, oh no. no, oh no, oh that's traumatizing." Yeah, especially when you're like, I don't know, seven or eight, and you don't really understand what any of that means. <laughs> so, uh, anyways, we're not here to talk about that. We're here to talk about <laughs> <laughs> we're here to talk about Kim Chica and what she does at Kepler Interactive. Tell us what you do, actually, because there's a lot of questions relating to senior influencer manager that's that's a title it is it is a title i'm just i'm like how do i follow really that topic um really high 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 expectations here um there are no expectations here so you know (laughs) that bar um yeah so senior influencer manager i mean to sum it up, basically, I'm the person at Kepler who works with anyone who is a creator and wants to play our games. And I try to find all the folks who would best, you know, enjoy our games and try and get keys to them so they can share them with their communities and their audiences. So it's really fun for me because a lot of what I do just as a hobby is recommend games to folks. And I get to channel that along with, you know, doing work, which is talking to people and having good relationships with folks and visiting streams and just really enjoying what people do on the internet, which is great. That's yeah, that's awesome. I think that we, I think that's actually how we met the first time around. And then you, you, um, a while ago did some stuff with, with Celeste, uh, the mm-hmm. person who is our outside creatives, uh, director and, you know, that was how we kind of connected the first time. And, uh, you're obviously at a different, in a different place now, but like, that was, uh, it was cool that, you know, you came on and that's kind of how we connected. And, um, we actually have a lot of questions because of that interview. And that's how you became a fan favorite actually is from the <laughs> interview. And, uh, I think you were on one of our women in gaming panels at one point. And, mm-hmm. um, yeah, so that's kind of, it's how our community knows you the most, I think. So yeah. uh, we have some questions. We're gonna we're gonna throw them at you. Uh, the one true James has three questions for you. Actually, he says, "Could you walk mm-hmm. us through a day in the life of an influencer manager?" Ooh, 
That changes up a little bit depending on where we're at in different campaigns. Um, like we just finished launching Chia and those days were pretty hectic. A, because we were at an event, which also was like an extra little bit of spice thrown in. I'm like trying to do uh, convention things while also doing a launch. But um, a lot of times when I launch a game and we're all as a team kind of celebrating that, I'm spending all of my time just seeing what people are streaming, what they're saying, tracking a lot of data. Uh, so it's really fun. That's like the most fun for me is just being able to celebrate and enjoy the game with everyone as it's, you know, being experienced for the first time. Uh, then comes the, the number crunching phase, which is what I started this week, which is a little bit more tedious, but it's a lot of collecting information in terms of how well did the game do? Um, I go to places like Sully Gnome, which shows us, you know, where did it rank on Twitch? What were the average viewers for most channels? How many channels streamed it? Um, and I do the same with other platforms like YouTube and TikTok, and it's a lot of spreadsheets and number crunching and figuring out what worked and what didn't. And then the rest of the time is really spent between researching and talking with creators and building relationships. Um, it's very easy just to, I think influencer managers sometimes get a bad rap because you can very easily become a glorified like emailer, <laughs> just like emailing out keys and not doing anything else than other than just throwing keys at folks. And that's kind of it. Um, but I really, really try to bring in my community management roots and teaching roots to try and like spend time with folks in their streams, even if they're not playing our games and try to build relationships and say, hey, I'll be at this event. If you're there, let's grab coffee and just hang out and really um, make it more than just me throwing keys at folks. You know, I kind of joke about it, but I really don't want to just do that. <laughs> so day in the life can change it up. I'm usually at a desk. Um, I try to go to cafes or somewhere else just to change up the scene. Um, but it really is a lot of either watching streams and content and data and spreadsheets. <laughs> yeah, those spreadsheets. Uh, yeah. I, I live in those. I, I feel your pain there sometimes. Uh, yeah. I've grown to love it, but yeah, I really, oh my gosh, I like the analysis, but collecting the numbers and inputting them can get so tedious. But then again, yeah. lurk in streams and listen to podcasts. <laughs> yeah, there's also a, uh, with this whole spreadsheet thing, there's a difference between like inheriting one from somebody who like either is leaving the company mm -hmm. or is moving on to a different position and then creating your own. And it's like, Oh, yeah. Oh, man, I need to have it this certain way because this other way is just uh, not great. So, yeah, yeah, I really appreciate the fact I'm because Kepler is so new. I'm the first person in this role. So I'm the one kind of setting the foundation and the bar for everything, which cool. is both a blessing and a curse because sometimes I'm like, oh, I just wish someone could tell me what to do. Um, but I get to decide how we want to structure things and I get to experiment. And I really love the freedom um, that I have to do that and the trust that you know my boss places on me when we have these campaigns. If you want to be a Patreon producer, head on over to Patreon, patreon.com slash media and find out which tier is right for you. Our Patreon producers at the $5 tier or higher for this month are Adriel Munger, Austin Campbell, Celeste Roberts, Christian S., Sana Dierig, Francisco Santillan, and Rebecca Jewell. Thank you for your continued support. Our next question is, what have you done that you're most proud of? 
in all all of games or <laughs> my whole entire life, life. <laughs> that's, a, that's a big question i'll focus it i'll focus it on games um i think in in recent memory what i'm really proud of is actually for the chia launch um i guess as far as i know and nobody like hold me to this because maybe i'm wrong but as far as i know there's only um one partnered streamer from new caledonia that i was able to find for chia and it was really important to me to try and find someone because um the game is created by a team from new caledonia the game is centered on new caledonian geography and culture and so i was able to find someone from there and really connect with her and get her not only to play the game but try and get her like a fun kit to enjoy and I think that was huge for me just because watching her play the game when we launched I was up at 3 a.m because the time difference was just so like wonky and 3 a.m for me is rough I don't stay up late anymore I am too old for that <laughs> and so I'm just like half asleep but my phone's like right by my face and I'm laying uh in a hotel room because we're at GDC and she's playing the game and she recognizes like certain areas that remind her of very, I guess, significant cities and places in New Caledonia because it's such a small island. And there was she starts like getting choked up, which gets me choked Aww. up because it's 3 a.m. and I'm emotional and everything, you know, it's all happening. The game launched. And there was um, a couple of other scenes where she just connected so much with the game personally. Like, I think... You know, she she wasn't, you know, the biggest streamer we worked with or anything like that. But the way she connected with the game was so powerful that I think like I will treasure the moment forever that being able to watch that stream of her. I think that was maybe my favorite personal favorite stream to hang out in. So that just sounds awesome. Yeah. yeah, it was really cool. That's amazing. Yeah, I've read it like when I read that and when you when you kind of sent us the documentation, it was based on a on a real place. I was like, man, that's like a really cool thing to do for a game, especially one of that has like obviously there's a lot of excitement around it because mm -hmm. of, you know, I, I think you guys did a great job of marketing the game. And obviously the PlayStation side of things really pushed it. And, you know, I know mm -hmm. a lot of PlayStation gamers get excited for that kind of game, especially to appear on PlayStation Plus. And I don't know, I just feel like a lot of it was like the perfect storm of of a marketing campaign. And I know a lot of people were excited for it. And uh, yeah, the the team at Awaseb, they did a really amazing job because they um, I remember when they were pitching like, hey, we want to do a series of devlogs that don't just like go into the gameplay, but show really explicitly how this connects to the culture and what we did specifically to try to make sure we were representing this place that a lot of people haven't heard of um, really with as much love and care as possible. And so I think they they put so much heart into it. And what I appreciate is that people have been really receptive to that. And um, it's just been really cool to see. So if anyone has played the game and they're like, oh, I didn't know about these devlogs, I really encourage you to watch them because they're just pretty incredible. And I know I didn't know a whole lot about New Caledonia beforehand. And so I've learned so much about this locale and this culture um, and region that I never knew before. So I think that's really cool. Yeah, that's awesome. I, I like when things are based off real things. Um, mm -hmm. No, that's that's really cool. Uh, the last question from the one true James, uh, he asks, do you tailor your approach to uh, to each game? Uh, if you do, how do you do that? 
That's a really good question because 100% yes. Um, it really starts, I mean, I work with the whole marketing and publishing team to try and figure out what is the best approach, not just from the influencer side of things, but there's like the paid media, um, what shows we participate in, how much information are we able to provide at different points in time. Um, a lot of times, or no, with every single game, I kind of start fresh. Like I have my list of creators that I've worked with before and from previous campaigns, but I always try to go in and say, all right, if I were brand new and I was looking for you know, people to work with for this game specifically, who would I reach out to without using you know, my list? And then I kind of eventually cross-check and add in folks. Um, I also really try to think differently about just ways we can engage people. With Scorn, we tried a couple things that were a little different. You know, the audiences, they like squelchy sounds. They like horror. There are different things that they're interested in versus Chia, which is much more about like a culture and maybe some of these story themes um, that are present in the game. And so I always try to also think about like, what could we do outside of just like giving keys? Um, so we have kits that we like to give. We sometimes do fun campaign sort of activations with the community and it does, yeah, change up with every game. Now, this is kind of a, a question for me, kind of piggybacking off this question. Yeah. So Scorn was obviously like a Game Pass thing mm -hmm. in an Xbox kind of focused title. And, and Chia is obviously a, a PlayStation focused title. Do you kind of change your approach depending on the platform as well? Um, Other than looking specifically at creators, like clearly, you know, if a game is just on Xbox um, for console in terms of consoles, I'm not going to, I will do my best to not reach out to folks who don't play Xbox games, you know? So in terms of just mm -hmm. like filtering for folks um, and specifying my searches, that's pretty much it. Um, but I don't do too much differently uh, because I think regardless, folks who want to create content around games typically are just really excited to get into the game itself. Cool. And yeah. uh, I uh, uh, another question for me. Hi. Yeah. Hi. Um, <laughs> you know. uh, so and uh, again, I don't know if you are can or are allowed to answer this question uh, because of contracts and whatever. But um, is there uh, any chance that Chia makes it onto Xbox or other platforms? Because I'm. I, and we'll get into it and what we've been playing because I turned my PlayStation on for the first time in like three months yesterday and it got me really frustrated because every single thing needed an update wasn't connected. <laughs> it was a whole thing. As you know, you know what? Actually, I'm going to cut Corey off nope, right there. Nope. You're not obligated Hold to on. answer that question Hold because no. he needs to play no. his PlayStation 5 more. Listen, listen. I just, I just would like to know if <laughs> there are plans to bring it to other platforms or if that's some sort of contractual thing with PlayStation that you're not allowed to answer or is that on a my, studio by studio choice on my authority as the head of the cross <laughs> uh, the crossroads podcast you are not obligated to answer that question uh I will say you know I think with all of our games we eventually would love to get them on as many platforms as possible I can't speak to specifics so it'll be mm -hmm. that big PR answer for you mm -hmm. can I can I provide I love, feedback as I someone who played the game <laughs> Blink, I, I, love that diplomacy. 
I want to see a physical edition of Chia at some point. That's one oh, of those man. games Me that I want to see. Super rare, <laughs> limited run. Any of it the better any... come in a little ukulele case. <gasps> oh my gosh, that'd be so cute. That's a free one. Whoever <laughs> does the physical of this, I don't care if it's limited run. I don't care if it's super rare. I don't care if it's original if it's soundtrack. Kepler. It has to. There has mm. to be an original soundtrack in there. Come on. Sheet music mm. to play a, a little ukulele. Let me let me take it. notes for the team. <laughs> Dutifully Look, writing all this down. <laughs> I, I, I see you just mocking my answer. Got my pen. No, I've got my pen. <laughs> <laughs> um. All right. Well, that was just a that was a selfish uh, question from me. Uh, no, I appreciate because. it, and I think what's really. I mean, one thing that is important to know, and maybe for like folks listening, is if you do want things like that, um, mm -hmm. like saying it, especially on social media or on the, you know, if they have a forum or mm -hmm. a Steam page or whatever, um, it does help in terms of just like being vocal allows us to know that you do want it and helps, mm -hmm. you know, it whether or not it's decided already or if we're on the fence, you know, having yeah. that community support is really important. So it's good to hear that. Yeah, it's it's just like because as a primarily an Xbox player, and mm -hmm. I mean, I guess Switch too. I play a lot of Switch, but like most of my third party gaming and indie style gaming is done on Xbox, just because I prefer the platform and I prefer the controller and I prefer the services, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And it, it's always a little frustrating as an Xbox gamer to see, and I. And we had Yacht Club on a couple of weeks ago, and I didn't ask this question because I love Yacht Club so much that I don't want to like be the angry, <laughs> the angry gamer, right? <laughs> but like, I have Shovel Knight on Xbox, right? But Shovel Knight Dig and Shovel Knight Pocket Dungeon are not available on Xbox, and you know, obviously, I'm, I'm, you know, fortunate enough to have all three major consoles and a computer sitting in front of me, so I have choices to play it. But it's a little frustrating sometimes when I'm like, I would prefer to play this on a platform and it's not there. So that's that's kind of why I asked that question, really. Um, and uh, also the awful experience I had with my PlayStation last night. It was just that's a whole other thing. That's, you know, because I, I my plan was to I wanted to download Chia because I have finished other obligations and I wanted to finally sit down and play it. Because, you know, Stephanie kindly reviewed the game for us. So, you know, I was like, I should probably play this, you know, and it was a whole thing. But <laughs> we're going to we're going to get back to you because you're more important than my <laughs> first world problem complaints. Uh, Pat Klein writes in, he says, what do you think goes into the minds of the animals you possess? In Chia, that's a really good question. I like the potential for deep lore here because it's like. Oh, are we are we like sharing them like in animorphs? I'm trying to think. Was it animorphs <gasps> oh where it's gosh. like you could kind of feel the presence of the oh animal that's still there in the back of your mind, or like even or Something maybe it wasn't like the animal itself, but oh, like the instinct just being in the body, yeah, gave yeah. you the instinct. So it's like, oh, if Chia stays too long in the animal form, like does her mind become more animalistic? I don't know. I kind of like that lore a little bit in my own head. I can, it is not canon. I will say this is my own fanfic. <laughs> official <moment>. here, official, <laughs> official uh, move here, guys. Uh, she yeah, is just a sequel to, to Animorphs. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I think, you know, Chia definitely, because you can play as Chia and the animals, I feel like that Chia retains herself, but um, I love to think that there is some 
in the back of her mind, like little bits of the animal that kind of peeks through and allows her to feel a little bit of that instinct animorph style. That's cool. I'm, I would also like that. That'd be super cool. Uh, Mm -hmm. I always felt bad for the one kid in Animorphs that got stuck as an animal. (gasps) Tobias. Oh my gosh. My middle school crush. (laughs) Uh, And then (laughs) Pat also asked, where can I find the game soundtrack? Question mark, exclamation point. (laughs) Really like emphasis on this. Um, You can find it digitally online. Um, You can find it on like, I believe, let me actually check really quickly. I think it's on Bandcamp as well. Um, Just want to make sure. Yes, the Chia original soundtrack is also on Bandcamp. So if you want to pick it up separate from the game, you can do that. Um, I believe on Epic, the uh, Oleti edition, I want to say it includes, I know it includes outfit DLC. I want to just double check yeah, it does not come with the soundtrack. It just comes with the outfits. So if you want to get the soundtrack, if you find it on Bandcamp, I believe um, you can just Google that and that'll show right up. Cool. Yes. We also have a big uh, soundtrack fan base as well on all games. So It's a very good soundtrack. Yeah. I, I mean, any game that's focused around some sort of musical instrument probably has some kind of amazing soundtrack. That's... Mm-hmm. That's just my opinion. Uh, but all right. Uh, from Twitter, Ice Malone 330 uh, tweeted at us and said, What inspired you to support the Indian cozy game scene so much? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I would say I started with focusing on indies initially, like years, years and years ago. <laughs> I don't want to date I myself. I thought you said gears. Um, I'm like, Gears, Gears Gears of War. Well, actually, I started focusing on indies because there were games releasing like Gears of War, Destiny. This was like back when Destiny also just released. And I didn't feel like games were... I've heard of it. I didn't feel connected (laughs) with games. Yeah. (laughs) And so I was like, oh, well, what, what can I play? And really randomly, I think I was on Steam and I was trying to see if Steam had Harvest Moon because I hadn't, I didn't know. And instead of Harvest Moon, To the Moon popped up. And I was like, this looks cute. Let's try it. And if anyone's played to the moon, it's this little indie game that mm. is a love story and it just will break your heart, kind of put it back together again, sort of. Uh, it's beautiful and wonderful and like kind of unpolished and kind, you know, there's like definite things where you're like, oh, this could have been better, but I still really love it. It's perfect. It's an imperfection. And it's the first indie game I played. And from there, I just started delving into this whole world of games that weren't done by the AAA publishers or, you know, supported by the platforms as much. And I just kind of dove in and said, I actually want to play these smaller experiences that are, um, again, maybe a little rough, but they have a lot of heart and they're telling stories that I haven't seen told elsewhere. And as I finessed that kind of desire to focus on indie games, I realized, um, a lot of the experiences that I was looking for were the more cozy um, farming. I grew up with Harvest Moon and like, I yeah. just wanted to find another Harvest Moon. Harvest <laughs> so Moon 64 really... for the win. Yes. Sorry. Oh my gosh. 64 is the best mm-hmm. one. It is by far like the best 
Harvest Moon iteration. So good. Um, And so I wanted to find more experiences like that. And with games like To the Moon, I realized I didn't have to play games um, that were super stressful or high, fast paced or required first person shooting mechanics, which I have just always been bad at. And since I am competitive, I don't like being bad at things. And so I stayed away like the plague. So I was like, if I can't be good at it, I don't want to play it. Um, Which is, again, that's a me thing. I I can own up to it. Uh, But the more I also investigated, the more I realized like there weren't spaces where people were talking about these kind of games and covering them. And so that's when I said like to myself, I want to try and help do that. And so it's kind of grown from there. Awesome. That's <clears throat> I'm I'm not the biggest indie person, but I'm trying over, especially over the last year, I would say I'm trying to be more. I, so, support is the wrong word, because like I always support smaller developers, but like mm-hmm. more engaging with indie games. And uh, so I I always like having people on who support that as well. I know Stephanie's huge indie gamer. A lot of boss rush is huge in the indies. I'm trying to, trying to be more as somebody who plays, somebody who plays a lot of destiny. Okay. Obviously one of the biggest budgeted games of all time, probably uh, trying to be more supportive on the indie stuff. So yeah, I'm so happy to hear that because I could so relate, not just to the harvest moon 64 thing, but you know, the way I started was just, Zelda really that's Mm -hmm. major and watching my cousins play and and you know I wasn't really a gamer in the gaming community because my parents thought video games are evil so I really you know didn't have much exposure so when I got older I really only stuck to with what I know which was Zelda and again I could I, I can feel it too because I I'm not a good first person shooter type person because I'm horrible at it and I don't want to play games I'm horrible at um so where was I with this? Um, Ron distracted me. <laughs> um, no, but, uh, and then once I started Boss Rush, I'm not sure if it was just talking to people, but I'm like, whoa, there's more games beyond what Sony puts out, Nintendo puts out, and Microsoft sort of puts out. Um, and that's where, you know, next to Zelda, because Zelda will never leave the top place in my heart in Harvest Moon 64, but <laughs> I'm now all like indies. Like I just, I, I really put them on a pedestal. I really want to support them as much as I can. I mean, I might not have like a bajillion followers or something, but that's why I wanted to, when it went to PAX, I really wanted to make that connection. It blew my mm. mind. I was able to talk to writers of games, illustrators of games, like Slay the Princess. I got to talk to the artist oh, who drew for oh, Slay the Princess. Oh my gosh, I love that team so much. Black Tabby Games, they have my heart. They can do yeah. whatever they want with it. <laughs> yeah, so I'm all about the indies. And I mean, I'm maybe I'm a little biased because I'm quote unquote an indie author. I've published books, so I'm indie because I'm not with a major publishing house. So I'm just, I'm all about that sense of community the, and also the sense of creativity. Not that the big publishers don't have creativity because mm-hmm. they come up with creative games but i think feel like the indie scene because they're not necessarily money driven i mean you want to make a living but you know like mm-hmm. make you know the bottom line isn't like the most important thing i feel like they're the ones that come out with these unique gameplay styles and unique art style and the music yeah yeah 
I feel like um, I, I feel exactly the same way where I think I just really connect with indies a lot more because I feel a bit closer to um, I love feeling closer to the people who create it, being able to chat with them, being able ha- to have that sense of community. Um, I always liken it to food, mostly because I love food and everything is a food metaphor for me. But it's like sometimes I do want a AAA experience and I want like the big steak, you know, that's like a really rich meal. But sometimes I want something a little different. And I think it's Mm. nice to be able to like recognize that in myself. Like last year was actually, I called it my, the year of AAA, uh, kimchi with three A's because I played so many AAA games. Um, And it was really cool because it was just something I'd never really done before, but I finally had like the means and the consoles to do so. And um, so it's nice just to be able to have the options to play anything we really want to. And just knowing that indies are there, I think is the big thing. And what's really nice is, I mean, when I started doing this, it was like between five to seven years ago. Um, I can't quite remember exactly when I started uh, at this point in time, but it was about, you know, five to seven years and people didn't know indies existed. So what's cool is that it seems a bit more common knowledge than before. And so it's just nice because at least if you know it's there, you know, you can give it a try. And if you like it, great. And if not, like, man, I wish I could get into Destiny. It is, I think, has it's just too much lore and too much content for me to feel like I could catch up but I love that destiny exists for people because it is really cool yeah there's a lot um (laughs) don't look over there because this this whole side of my office is all destiny crap amazing let's let's face it it's, it's crap uh but it's cool crap so uh yeah I'm uh I'm that's like we were talking the other a couple of weeks ago I think maybe a couple of months ago at this point and we were talking about kind of like our favorite games of all time and I kind of came to the realization during the conversation that Destiny might be my favorite game of all time as I was saying it out loud it sounded ridiculous but like yeah it's, that's uh, cool man so much so much is happening right now um in that game that it's it hurts my brain but uh our 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 final question uh this is a good one to wrap up on i think uh we just got it during the show actually uh jacob mccourt uh writes in and asks uh, as a creator who works with other creators i'd love to know what advice jenny has for creators that are just starting to work with publishers pr and brands Ooh, well, sounds like that's a great question, Jacob. That's a really good one. Um, I would say understand that as best as we can, we want to be able to give you opportunities that fit for you, that you know respect the time and work and energy it takes to be a creator, um, and and but we also have to consider like what we're doing in terms of like our goal is to market a game essentially. And so know that we struggle with that balance and that we always want to offer you as much as we can. And sometimes, you know, there's, there's a balance that needs to be struck. Um, I think for creators that are starting to reach out also feel free to actually reach out. I think a lot of times folks, um, say that they really want to work with me or they want to work with one of our games and they end up not actually reaching out. And I'm like, no, please like send me the email, like 
be in my inbox so I know you. Because if you're top of mind for me, that allows me to just like provide you with those opportunities. Um, and this is very old news, but I still reiterate it because it's something that still just to this day can just gets me. Um, make sure you have your emails in your bios. And when you reach out, use the email that's in your bio so that we can cross check um, and include all of your links. Please don't email and just say, I would love to work on this game or I would love to do a sponsored stream and leave it at that. Um, provide that information so we can, again, see if you're a good fit for whichever title we have and continue the dialogue. So that's kind of broad, right off the cuff. Um, but yeah, I think that's some of the big stuff is just know we do want to build that relationship and please email in bio. Yeah, that's, uh, that's good advice. Everybody write that, everybody write that down. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think with the job that I have, I think the other thing too, and not that it's the same, it's not the same, but also if you are afraid to reach out to somebody they're like those people are people too and they also want to do the best at their job mm -hmm. as as much as you want to do the best at what you're trying to do and they're just people too so you know an email is not going to hurt either no <laughs> you know? and i would say also um if if someone doesn't respond um well a, if we don't respond in 24 hours please do not spam that is just that honestly, I am human. And if I get like five emails from someone in the span of like six hours, I really am less inclined to want to work <laughs> with you because that's just a little bit annoying. Mm -hmm. I'm just going to be blunt with that. Um, but don't be afraid to, yeah, send an email. Know that if we don't respond immediately, it doesn't necessarily mean we didn't get it. Sometimes it just takes a little bit because on any given day, like my inbox quite literally will have like sometimes, you know, a hundred, hundred plus emails in it. And so, um, working through that takes time. So know that sometimes it is just like we're one human being or two, you know, if you're lucky, you have a team, um, working through all of these, trying to take time to treat everyone like people and not just again, throw keys blindly. Well, that's great advice. Uh, thanks for answering our community questions. It's uh, hey. it's always good when the community wants to know more about our guests. And obviously, you know, you're a favorite. Speaking of, uh, we're going to jump into what we've been playing for a little bit. Uh, Jenny, if you want to go first, since you're our esteemed guest. I I have I put down four games um, that I or I listed four games because I'm I. I'm kind of like folks with books where you know how you have a bookshelf basically on your side nightstand and you're like, I'm going to read all these books, I swear. I'm like that with games. Um, so right now, I just finished a game called Mr. Saito, which mm. is by Laura Shigihara, and it's so good. Um, if anyone does like games like To the Moon or Rakuen, which are both like very narrative, oh, yeah. heartfelt indies, oh my gosh. Yeah, Steph, play okay. play Mr. Saito. It's so good. Um 
basically you're a Japanese salary man who, after a really unfortunate accident, um, basically has to grapple with this work-life balance that he's finding himself struggling with. But you do so in a fantasy world filled with like llama worms and big chubby birds and like tulips that are sentient. It's just so cute and weird. I love it so much. I said Mr. Saito. Um, yeah, Mr. Saito. It's very, very good. Uh, it's one of those, I like games that make you cry, um, mm-hmm. that are a little bit bittersweet or melancholy. That's just like my vibe. I'm oh, a sad girl, I guess. Okay, thank <laughs> you. So, yeah, play that. I think you would really like it. Um, I'm also concurrently playing Bug Snacks, um, which is a throwback, but I finally am getting to it. I don't know. Have you all played Bug Snacks? Oh, the song. I I played some of it. It's the song. Yes. Oh, my gosh. It's it's been in my head. Um, I actually host like a book club, but for games. And that's the game of the month. So we're all playing Bug Snacks together. And it's so good and weird and creepy and kind of like, like there's body horror, but they're like, nah, but we're Muppets. So it's cute. Right. And it's just, I love that weird <laughs> juxtaposition. <laughs> um, well, yeah, Cause it's literally like you become what you eat. Right. Yes. Yeah. It's weird. Cause they're like, could you go like get us this sentient strawberry and feed it to us? And so that's, it's just like, it's weird. It's great. I love it <laughs> so much. Um, lots of really good conversation happening around that in the, in the game club. Um, Dredge just launched too, so I'm playing that. Yeah, are you playing it as well? Or no, nope, it's about it? added on to my list. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh, the Eternal Backlog. I don't even know what that is. What is Dredge? Did I I miss something? Oh, it's like cozy meets horror. Horror. Um, yeah, it's got a creepy vibe. Yeah. Mm. Yep. But it's not like jump scares or blood or gore, which is why I really like it. It is just this constant and persistent eeriness and unease and fear that something is going to happen, but maybe it won't, but maybe it will. Oh, I love that. That's like the best feeling. <laughs> yeah, you're like on a you're on a boat, right? And you're mm-hmm. sailing. Yeah, you're like motion. a Yeah, you're a fisherman who like gets a new job and this sort of coastal island archipelago kind of thing um and so you're going around just fishing and it's just like every fishing mini game but now it's a full game plus scary (laughs) that's really good um i'm super early folks have said that there's like deep lore that happens right now i'm just fishing and i haven't really done story stuff and it's just the fishing's relaxing and you get to arrange your inventory kind of like I don't know, like Resident Evil style, and I like inventory arrangements, so that's fun. Um, <laughs> organization is, yeah, I love it. Um, and then I, it will be launched by the time this podcast drops, I believe. But I'm playing this indie called Melon Journey. <gasps> yes, I'm excited for that. Oh my gosh, how <gasps> are we not Melon the same Journey? person? Yes, I demoed oh it when God. I was at PAX. Oh. Okay. And then I yeah. asked them, will you guys release a physical? <laughs> yeah. And the guy's oh. like, I, I'm not oh at liberty to say. So I went on I went on Play Asian. Oh. I just ordered the Japanese one. <laughs> Yo. Oh, my gosh. Okay. I don't know if the video is going to show up or if this is just <gasps> audio only. I have the Japanese physical. I just got it, like, literally, like, yesterday. I'm just showing it. I, I haven't even opened it. I'm so excited. Um, oh, my gosh. Yes, I'm going to be playing that. Yeah. <laughs> 
I ordered that too. I ordered that too. Oh, I'm sorry I keep cutting you off. Oh my gosh, I'm just that excited. No, I'm excited because you actually know what it is, and like nobody I've talked to knows what it is. And I'm like, no, it's just this weird melons are illegal in this town, and your friend is missing, and everyone's just like, what? (laughs) It's It's a weird concept to explain, but like, it's so good. And you guys, if you're like in the you know Game Boy era graphics and music, like it takes you back. Nah. Yeah. So I'm so yeah. excited. I'm like, we need we we should talk indies more. I'm so excited, but yeah. Yes, sorry. That is that is what I'm playing right now. <laughs> cool. Uh Stephanie, what are you what are you playing? I guess I'll keep it short because despite my immense love for indies and the fact that I played so much at PAX, I know I talked about it last week, and this past week has been very busy, so I've only been able to have time to play one game and the one game. Corey, as you can imagine, is for our book club. And that's Resident Evil 4 uh, Remake. I have never um, played a Resident Evil game before, and I'm a big weenie for horror games. So, and I've, you know, I've heard everyone say, well, Resident Evil 4 with 5 and 6 are more of the action horror. So I was like, all right, let me do this. I need to experience what everybody you know, has this hype for Resident Evil. I do use a guide, but that is only so I can avoid jump scares and collect treasure because I need the money to upgrade stuff. Everything else I kind of figure out on my own so I can experience it, but I I just can't handle jump scares if there are any. Like, listen, if I know that there are invisible freaking bugs when I'm at the bottom of the freaking castle, I need to know that they're coming. (laughs) They're just (laughs) some parts of the game where I'm like, if I didn't have this guide, I don't know if I could actually get through this level. Um, that aside, I'm enjoying it. I love the hell out of Resident Evil. I was shocked how much I really love it. And yes, even when I'm just assorting items in my attache case or whatever you want to call it, um, it's just, it's a lot of fun. I love roundhouse kicking my enemies. Um, (laughs) yeah, it's, it's a blast. I'm really enjoying it a lot more than I thought. So I'm on chapter 12. So I'm almost there. I believe there are 18 chapters. So, yeah. Yeah. That's what I've been playing. Uh, cool. Corey. Um, or Leron. I don't know. Well, I was going to I was gonna go to Leron and see if you... I know, Leron, you haven't been playing a lot lately, but have you been watching anything? I know you're, I know you're watching some sort of whatever Star Trek show is running at the time. Oh yeah, currently, yeah, currently it's uh, the final season of Star Trek Picard, and today, being April the fifth, it's also First Contact Day. So you know, there's that for all you Star Trek nerds out there. You guys know exactly what I'm talking about. For you, for you guys that don't know what I'm talking about, just go to the internet, look it up. Oh, I learned all about it today on on our on Works podcast. Uh, so oh, you okay. forty, all 40 right, yeah. years from today will be First Contact Day. So apparently, yeah, yeah, it would be it would be the first time humanity officially makes a uh, makes a uh, contact with a uh, with an alien race. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, uh, that's in the Star Trek universe, of course. Like I feel, <laughs> I feel like we're never going to make it there. We we had a podcast about this a while back. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, but beyond that, you know, um, the first season of Quantum uh, Quantum Leap just wrapped up the reboot, and I'm probably going to watch that because I only watched the pilot, and I was like, you know what, I want to, I really want to just like dive in, not so much binge it, but I want to dive in and, and watch it, you know, when there's more episodes, because uh, of course, like all 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 long for all long running TV shows do, like you know, like as the season goes, like it takes breaks, there's gaps and all this stuff, and I I I don't have the patience for that. Yeah. 
Wait, so um, are we were we also supposed to cover what we were watching? Should I be talking no, about I, I the mean, Mario movie after? Or? I mean, I kind of put that in a... I'm replacing one of the topics with the oh, Mario okay. movie. All right, then. want to talk about it without no, no, spoilers. That's fine. No, uh, that's fine. All right, keep going around. I'm sorry. Oh, uh, that's that's oh, that's, okay. mainly, that's mainly it. Like, uh, like, like I don't know. Like, uh, like ever since I beat Dead Space, I just I just kind of ran out of gas for playing video games. Um, it's just it's just really weird. It's all right. Um, Take that really... breather before Advance Wars, and then just go uh, crazy. Yeah, yeah. I haven't I haven't really played anything. I haven't even gone back to Monster Hunter yet, and I, and that's that's kind of scary. Wow. Oh no. That says yeah. something when Laurent's not playing Monster Hunter. I know. Yeah, that's kind of scary. Um. By the way, Ron, I need to tell you something after recording Star Trek okay. related. So okay. Uh, uh, oh sure, okay, yeah, definitely. Um, uh, and then and then you know the other thing is like, um, why is my why is my Gmail coming up in French? You know, like I just open up my inbox and it's like in French. <laughs> why are you French? You're French now. Bonjour. Mm. Yeah, and I just yeah, and I just went to my settings and and made sure the display language was in English, and yeah, it is. So I don't understand what the hell's <laughs> going on right now. Uh, like maybe this is the Gmail glitch or something. All right, I'm gonna rant about PlayStation now because no. I've been waiting to do this. Just, just <laughs> okay. So I turned on my PlayStation Five last night for the first time in probably three months. Well, that's the problem right there. I'm aware, and I'm I'm okay. I'm admitting this right now. The first thing out of my mouth, I realized if PlayStation was my primary console of choice that this probably would not have happened. But also, there's some bullshit that this happened. <laughs> okay, first of all, yeah. you kind of did it to yourself because like you you should, have the settings, you should have the setting turned on to where it would I download do. all your... I do. I do. I checked. Uh -huh. I do. The only the only ones I know of that do not automatically update are the ones for the dual the DualSense controllers. Those are the only ones I know that do not yes. auto-update. All right. Listen, okay, I turn on my PlayStation. First of all, it was in rest mode because the lights were on. It was in mm -hmm. rest mode. And it said, you did not turn on off your PlayStation correctly. Yes. I said, yeah, that will I happen. Said, yeah. I didn't turn off my PlayStation. It's literally on. So it did that whole thing where it like loads up, whatever. Mm -hmm. It loads up. I'm signed out. So I had to go to sign in. It says, your PlayStation needs an update. I said, figures. Okay. No problem. Let's update the PlayStation. Updates. Cool. Turns off. Turns back on. You incorrectly turned off your PlayStation. I'm like, no, PlayStation. You turned off my PlayStation because you're updating. And so it went through that whole thing again. And then it said, your controller needs updated. I said, okay. And so I plugged in my controller and waited for, for it to update. I'm like, okay, whatever. I'll wait for this. After my controller updates, it says, your PlayStation needs to restart. And I said, mm -hmm. why yeah. does it need to restart? You just wait, restarted wait, wait. twice. Hold on. Pause for one second. How long have you had your PS5? Since November. Since November. December. Okay. There's been, there's been two feature updates since that time. Whatever. So, so these are the big, these are the big updates that actually change like stuff with the UI and stuff like that. So yeah, that's why it's telling you it has to restart after all this stuff. It's just like a freaking computer, man. You own you you own a Mac. You own you Listen. own a MacBook. He's Listen. neglecting. He's neglecting it. I'm ignoring your top tier IT <laughs> advice, okay? For the sake of the story, <laughs> <laughs> building so, the drama. <laughs> so, 
my PlayStation restarts. And it says, for a third time, you did not turn off your PlayStation correctly. And I'm like, this is also the third time I did not turn off my PlayStation. PlayStation turned off my PlayStation. So I'm like, whatever. This is ridiculous. I, at this point, pull out my Switch because I, I put it on my side table over here. And I it finally updated. Everything's updated. Cool. Great. I'm like, I want to check out the PlayStation Store. I open the PlayStation Store. And since I don't use the PlayStation Store, it's kind of not. I'm not used to the PlayStation Store. I'm like, I want to download Chia and I want to download Kenna Bridge of Spirits were the two games I was aiming to download. And I didn't even get that far because I opened the store and it said, you must be signed in to use the PlayStation Store. <laughs> like, whatever. L I'm like, you know what? I don't have the patience for this anymore. I'm just going to load up God of War. I go to load up God of War and I'm like, I haven't played this in a while and I should probably finish it, even though like I'm really just forcing myself to play it at this point. And guess what? Guess there's what? an update. God of War needs a fucking update. So I'm like, I just, I'm like, you know what? I, I hit update on God of War. And I turned it off and I started playing Destiny. <laughs> well, if you had been taking care of your PS5, you know, Corey, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. pass. Uh, so yeah, and then I I so I played a little bit of Destiny last night, and uh, I finished the current uh, <laughs> storyline of the season. It's very it ends on a downer, you know, on top of the downer of Lance Reddick passing away. Anyway, the entire season ends on a downer. It's just kind of like man, this season total don't like things that end on downers. So. Uh, there's that. And then I, uh, I played a little bit of Resident Evil four. Um, I, I, I can it. only, I can only take so much of that game at a time. Uh, where are you at? Honestly, chapter two, like the beginning of chapter what? two. Like, You're still yeah. what? I didn't, I only played it for like a half hour last night. And that was the first time I played it since last week when we talked about it, because, uh, I had to load all of our Patreon episodes this weekend, uh, so, All right, so here, so so here's something. My PlayStation has not been turned on since. I don't care, Leron. We're not here. My to PlayStation talk about Five how has not been turned on since the last of since the Last of Us remake came out. Right? Okay, so I just turned it on, mm-hmm. and yes, I have an update waiting for me. So I'm going to do that right now, mm-hmm. and keep going. We're gonna we're we're gonna we're gonna run this experiment. <laughs> I but I did start. So somehow we figured out we have plays. Uh, paramount plus somehow somewhere somebody purchased a month of paramount plus for us somewhere i'm like oh i didn't realize we had this so we have it till april 28th so i was like well since we have a month i guess i'll start watching the halo show nobody likes um and i watched the first two episodes and i think it's fine i don't i mean it's to me it's not halo but it's a sci-fi show where everybody dresses up like Halo characters. This is kind of my perspective on the show. And I'm like, whatever. Master Chief suit and guys. Covenant look fine. Whatever. Well, let me ask you this. How, how big of a purist are you about Halo? I'm not really at all. You're not. No. Okay. So basically, we need you to we need you to 
watch. We need you to. We need a Destiny series to come out, a live action mm-hmm. series, and then it's see. in the works. They hired. They hired. There's well. All right, hold on. My PlayStation is restarting. I now. don't care. <laughs> so we're so far off topic. So in terms of Destiny shows and content, they hired the showrunner and the lead producer of the uh, that the Arcane show on Netflix to come in house and produce uh, content for them, not game related. And everybody thinks there's going to be like a Destiny anthology kind of animated series and the plan was to do a live action destiny thing too but we can't really do that with lance reddick gone now because that was the plan was for him to play commanders of Allah because it's lance reddick so why wouldn't you uh but i don't know but there is stuff happening in destiny and guess what guess who's gonna be first in line to judge how good or bad it is josh finney guess who's gonna be right behind him me (laughs) Just uh, they just need to do like every other good TV, uh, good movie or TV series does just recast because what I mean, what yeah. can you do? Well, they Bungie has said that they have a line that like he's already pre-recorded a bunch of lines for the rest of this year and probably into the final the final shape, which is the last expansion. Mm-hmm. Um, our theory on Tower Casuals is that they're just going to kind of unfortunately kill off the character in some sort of heroic fashion uh which we kind of thought before he passed away that that was going to happen anyway because i don't know lance reddick's kind of a big name and i don't know he's already been doing it for 10 years he's probably was kind of expensive and i don't know zavala's kind of been around forever and they're introducing a ton of new characters and whatever nobody really cares on the show anyways my point is is like they're gonna send him off in a kind of heroic kind of fashion so, but uh, also, guys, mm, let me tell you about the biggest, the biggest update that nobody's talking about. Disney Dreamlight Valley, oh. everybody. <laughs> Disney Dreamlight Valley. <laughs> Welcoming we the Lion King realm into the valley. You go to the Lion, you go to the Lion King realm. You welcome Simba. You welcome Nala. You know, you do a couple side quests for Scar. Saying it's happening. Also, Olaf still missing his arms because I refuse to go find them because you have to go into the dark realm to find them, and I don't want to do that. So I'm ignoring you, Leron. Updating my controller now. Like the actual firmware update, the software update's done. The firmware update, I mean, firmware update's done. Also, guys, listen to this. Updated my house all the way, my Disney Dreamlight house. Updated Scrooge McDuck's store all the way. Updated, updated Remy's restaurant all the way updated all of goofy's sales carts all the way and updated moana's boat all the way wow so, look at you go that's why you're not playing resident evil 4 i know mm-hmm. i would rather be playing disney dreamlight valley than resident evil 4 <laughs> listen no one forced you to play it for book club okay you're right but i'm doing it for the team i'm gonna do it i'm gonna finish it listen if i can do it you can it's true I know. The thing is, is I actually like the original Resident Evil. Like, well, not the original, the GameCube remake. I like that game a lot. Okay. But the rest of it, I do not because it's scary. Wait, wait, the GameCube remake? Yeah. What are you talking? Yeah. 
That's, Wait, the only, that's the only Resident Evil game. Well, I shouldn't say that. I also beat five and six, but those don't count because they're like more people. Oh, you're talking about oh. you're talking about you're talking about Resident Evil, the first game, yes, uh, the remake. Oh, yes. okay. I was like, yes. what? Yeah. Was, yeah. Oh, yeah. But I like five and six because they're more actiony and they're more like, you know. Well, four is kind of actiony. I, it's the campy Leon quotes that keep me going. So I'm like, ha we're not that serious. Yeah, but like when the guys turn their neck sideways and you see like some parasite, something, yeah, yeah come out of the side of their face and they're kind of like growling towards you. It's not exactly heartwarming, you know. You don't want to cuddle with one of those. <laughs> mm, no. Also, what's up with all the bear traps? Oh Can yeah. We, like stop with the bear traps. Like every five feet, I'm like trying to run away, and it's like pff, ah, bear trap. Anyways, Stephanie, tell us about the Mario movie. <laughs> oh man. So we're keeping no a spoilers, spoiler. I guess. Yeah. Um. Well, then I will kind of say that it was full the theaters were full i wasn't sure if it was going to be because i know that it's a big movie but it was also a wednesday so i'm like mm. i went at 5 20 eastern time um so a it was full um b so adults and kids alike and fantastic um i was a little nervous because rotten tomatoes the like the critic score was really low mm-hmm. but then how I low think- is it instead of 46 right now uh, you know what? That probably that probably is. What I've learned. What I've learned from um. What I've learned from dating a person that's 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 high in like uh like 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 the Hollywood and like the the box office and all that stuff is that you know like typically like the critics are gonna the critics are gonna do what they have, what what they want because like they have their own like outlook on what like what like like fine cinema should be and stuff like that. Oh, yeah, the only ones that they score in the '90s on Rotten Tomatoes on the critic sides are ones that probably the majority of the average public would not watch, and it maybe will win awards on a an award show that no one cares about. Um, but like, I forgot who on our box russ family shared like a quote from one of the critiques and they were making references from movies like in the 30s so i was like all right this person clearly doesn't know what they're talking about um yeah 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 it's that it's that you know like stick your pinky out while you while you sip your lemonade bullshit you know it's like it's like i mean i mean i mean it's it's crazy because you know like i i feel like I feel like sometimes these critics just really can't like see the entertainment value for something or, or if they did see the entertainment value, it just, it just burns their soul so bad to, to have to yeah. admit that they were entertained by it. Yeah. They, they like didn't understand oh. Bowser and why he looked that way. I'm like, all right, well then you should not have been reviewing this. <laughs> well, honestly, I don't understand why, you know, when what? I first played the original Super Mario brothers, when I first played the original Super Mario brothers, if you told me that that guy was a turtle, I'd have been like, huh? Okay, yeah, but he still looks cool. Anyway, um, it, <laughs> oh, he looks cool now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it it was a fantastic movie. Definitely can entertain both adults who grew up with the franchise because there's chock full of Easter eggs, just chock full of them. Also entertaining for kids. It it had very good pacing. It wasn't too long, um, you know. And like I said, the Easter eggs could be as deep as you'd like. Or not as deep. Like my son would rec- recognize Rainbow Road and the Blue Shell. Like he got that reference. Mm-hmm. Um, the voice casting they did great. Some people, for example, who weren't sure about Chris Pratt, regardless of what you think of him as a person, his voice 
actually went was just fine in the movie. Like I wasn't sitting there the entire time going, oh, that's Chris Pratt. No, like it actually like I kind of forgot that it was Chris Pratt and I was just enjoying the characters talking. Charlie Day was fantastic as Luigi. A little bit of a nod to Luigi's mansion with the things that he said. This is definitely an origin story. So that's where I'll stop with spoilers, like not what happened, but it is an origin story um, of how he kind of got to the Mushroom Kingdom. Um, some the themes were, you know, uh, family, you know, Mario and Luigi's relationship as brothers, even a little bit about like approval of their parents. Um, I won't go into that. I wasn't expecting Mario and Luigi's parents to be in the movie. So it's more like getting respect and acceptance from your parents um, and your relationship with your siblings, which I thought was great. Uh, Princess Peach was great as well. And I, I say that because, as you know, I'm not the biggest fan of like girly girl pink stuff, only because I just was a tomboy. And in the video games, I was always sick and tired of Princess Peach always getting captured. That was just like kind of like, eh, well, you know, whatever. She wants to get captured. That's the problem. Well, in this movie, she was definitely kick ass. And I don't know, this is the part where maybe other people might disagree with me, but I felt it wasn't shoved down our throat either. Like she just naturally seemed pretty capable, which is what I really appreciated. And I, I felt that Anya Taylor-Joy also did a fantastic job as Peach. Um, without spoiling it, the only thing that kind of threw me off guard was... The trailer clearly, and I know trailers, they take the snippets of like really good parts. So it's not like, I know that it wasn't going to be perfect, but they did edit the trailer so much so where I thought Bowser's motivate motivation and goals in the movie went what would go one way in the, from the trailer versus what he was going with in the movie. And so I was a little bit disappointed in that aspect because the trailer led me to believe because you saw the part where we collected the, the gold star, like, who's going to stop me? Kind of, I'm going to take over the universe type mentality. I won't say mm -hmm. what he, and it, it's similar, but it's not the same. And that's where I kind of felt like I got tricked. I don't know if I like that. <laughs> that's like kind of my only critique. I think with Bowser's motivation, which I won't spoil, I it's almost meta the way they did it. So they're kind of poking fun at Bowser's motivation. And I think that's why I still ended up being okay with it. Because um, they went with a popular trope. Uh, let's see. I don't know. Uh, I'm trying to like figure out if there's anything else I can talk about without spoiling it. But I, you know what? I'll guess I'll, and I'm going to put this in, in my banter for tomorrow uh, on the website. When the movie finished entire room erupted into applause i don't think i've been in a movie theater where that's happened and i'm sure it's happened but i just have not seen that and it was incredible to have everyone the kids the adults everyone was cheering that yeah. was amazing that's cool the only time i've ever been in a theater where that happened was in a uh, avengers endgame was in game was yes in game uh, that was the first and only time i ever saw that yeah so that's where i felt like you know what it's not just a good movie to me and my kid, but clearly it was a well-done movie or else the entire room wouldn't have just erupted into applause. So yeah. I think Illumination did a great job with the sound and the uh, visuals, which, by the way, with music, they had a mixed track of licensed songs like um, No Sleep Till Brooklyn by the Beastie Boys. Um, yes. And then they also had like 
orchestral Nintendo franchise music, which I will be looking this is, cool. This is probably what took what took that movie so long. Because the movie got delayed twice, if I'm not mistaken, right? Oh, I thought it was once. I better update my article. But I know it got delayed. <laughs> maybe maybe it was once. Maybe it was once. I wasn't really tracking it that you know that much. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe it was once. But um but yeah, there there were definitely a decent selection of licensed music. Like I was like, dang, are we in Guardians of the Galaxy? Like it's that right. that kind of selection. I was like, wow. So that and orchestral Mario franchise music. So well done, which makes sense because I believe they worked with Koji Kondo to make sure they did it right. So mm-hmm. speaking of soundtracks, that's another one that I'll be looking out for. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you can tell Nintendo had a hand in it. They were very, they seemed to be very protective about how the story no. was going to go. <laughs> so um, yeah, and there was an end credit scene. It wasn't as maybe elaborate as maybe some people were hoping, like, oh, man, this is going to lead to, just for an example, a Donkey Kong movie or something. Uh, but it was still cool. My, my son lost his shit. Uh, <laughs> and quickly on Donkey Kong, they, they let Seth Rogen do his laugh, and that just made my day. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Man. So that's a cool. big rant. but uh, And I'm known to say like super positive things about stuff all the time, but I genuinely mean it. I think they knocked it out of the park, and I hope that means that they'll do a Zelda movie or show. <laughs> well, you did see you know that what? Anya Taylor-Joy kind of maybe kind of hinted that a Zelda movie was coming in an interview. Uh, I I don't want I, I she she said she hopes there's that. a cross she said she was talking about Peach in this movie and she said she said something along the lines of like man I really hope when the Zelda movie comes out there's a crossover movie with Zelda and Peach in it. Oh don't believe that. It was that, it was on it's in a YouTube video. She says it. That do, that doesn't mean well, the internet ran with it, okay? And you know, of everything, the on, the, gonna run everything with it. on the internet is true, Leron. Have you not heard? The, internet, the internet's going to run with it because they're Nintendo fans. Yo, let's, let's move on. Let's, let's, let's anyway, move on. thanks for letting me talk about it. I yeah, really I hope, I hope some uh, in the future for either Palblock or one of something else that we're doing, like we can do a Mario spoiler cast, a Mario movie spoiler cast. Cause I really do want to see it too. Um, I don't know when I'm going to see it maybe with my nephews at some point. Yeah. Uh, it's going to be in theaters for a while. And I probably most definitely will see it again. Even my seven year old, which like most seven year olds have the attention span of a flash cube said immediately as the movie ended, I want to see it again. <laughs> so. Um. All right. Well, we have time for one topic. Uh, do we want to talk about do we do we want to talk about E3 or do we want to talk about how we choose to play games when we're finished with another game? The latter yeah, sounds good. If, we, if, we, but... if okay. we talk about E3, all I'm going to tell you is I told you so. No, I know. I just I didn't. <laughs> I was interested in a like a someone who works for a developer slash publisher perspective on that. Just because we always say E three is irrelevant because we just watch live streams all day, but like you know that I, wasn't that wasn't that that's not what. I okay, know, you let's, don't, let, let's you don't... let our guests decide what our final topic. Oh, will be. the pressure! <laughs> <laughs> I mean, oh gosh! I mean, both are both are interesting. I think it'd be fun to talk. I'm curious how you all choose what to play after you're finished with an experience. All right, I we'll will say this E three. I think most people kind of knew 
what was happening without, you know, Mm -hmm. even when it wasn't confirmed, most people kind of predicted. And I will say, um, like digital showcases and the showcases that are already happening, they've already, they already kind of took the place of E3. So from a marketing perspective, it's like, we already have options. So yeah. All right. But I will miss this. E3 lost its appeal the moment it's the moment they opened it up to the public and it just wasn't a press event. That was, I mean, that was where they hurt themselves. And, and, you know, like, I'm not sure if it was because of money or whatnot. You know, it probably was, honestly. Yeah. But, um, probably. But but I, I will say this I was hoping to see what E3 could do with Reed Pop because Reed Pop does packs and I love the fuck out of packs, but maybe it's Mm. too late. I don't know. Uh, all right. Well, we'll we'll save that topic for later or never. Uh, but so, how do we choose what to play after we are finished with an experience? Jenny, I'm going to let you go first since you're our guest and you do play <laughs> a lot of of games. A for your job, and you are also a creator. And uh, so, yeah, how do you how do you choose? Um, I either I go for one of two. I think more extreme things where either I play something or I try to find something exactly like what I was playing because I want more of that thing. Or if, especially if I really love the experience, like when I played outer wilds, I don't know if y'all have ever played outer wilds. I was like, there's quite literally no game that I could ever play that measures up to this game for me personally. So instead I'm going to do something the opposite Mm. and i will intentionally go like okay what is something that is so far away from this game i won't compare it i won't like i can really separate myself from this experience because then i won't constantly be like oh but it's not like outer wilds or whatever you know game that i really loved so i often try to go into like either either one of those two options I, I'm definitely more of an opposites person, especially if I'm just coming off of a big AAA experience. I need a serious mm. palate cleanser. Um, it's hard mm-hmm. for me t- to go from a Breath of the Wild or, um, I don't know, I'm just trying to think, or like like the Resident Evil 4 remake or the Hogwarts Legacy, like big games. And I'm like, I need a palate cleanse with something different. Um Whereas if I'm coming off of an indie game, I can just keep on going with indie ga- and indie games of, of all kinds. But I, I, I personally do like to mix it up when I have the opportunity to. But also for, for the podcast, sometimes I, I might not be able to choose, so to speak. But mm-hmm. I try to do a difference thing. What about you, Leron? Um, I think I think I can also speak for you, Corey, in this regard. That usually once we once we clear an experience, we usually go we usually go back to our our daily driver uh, particular video games. You know, for me it would be Monster Hunter, or it'd be some of the low level like the just the, the easy to pick off stuff. You know, the stuff that gives the the easy gratification. You know, while we're waiting for our next our next gaming event, like like right now, like I said, I just beat Dead Space, and I'm technically on just a I'm in a lull right now. I haven't actually like sat down and actually devoted more than maybe like 20 minutes and that that's strange like 20 minutes of playing to play a game and stuff like that um i i think i have my reasons for why like you know after i beat dead space like i just kind of like lo- ran out of steam i i i literally in, in in four months time i beat Callisto protocol beat uncharted 4 and then beat dead space 
I mean, three games back to back, you know, and stuff like that. And it was just like, my battery is so drained and busted right now that I don't want to even play the games that that, that make me happy right now. <laughs> uh, yeah, so it's just one of those things. Um, Resident Evil Four is out, and I haven't even bought it yet. <laughs> and it was, and it was on my. High, as a matter of fact, if I'm not mistaken, isn't it one of my Metacritic games right now? <laughs> I think so. Uh, yeah, I think so. Like, uh, like I have to like revisit that list and stuff. But, uh, but yeah, I yeah. Speaking for speaking for myself for sure. Like, I usually just I usually just immediately just jump right back into my daily driver games because like these are the games that I play and and like just in like, Corey also, like it's games that you know like if you if you skip a beat on it, like you could find yourself horribly behind, you know, in certain regards and stuff like that. Mm. So yeah, it's one of the it's one of the situations where we it's more like we're just. You know, like how like those those guys who are like always in shape, they're always in they're always in a gym doing the bare minimum. They call it their maintenance workout. It's mm-hmm. kind of like it's kind of like what I do. Like you know, I'll play Monster Hunter. You know, it's my maintenance thing. <laughs> yeah, I think for me, I I have a hard time keeping up with games over the last couple of years just because of what we're doing, and I really have tried to choose my experiences carefully uh and yeah mostly mostly it comes down to like man i don't feel like starting something new right now so i'm just gonna go back to to destiny and shoot some stuff because it's kind of mindless in a lot of cases uh unless you're doing unless you're planning like you know a raid night and you need to prepare for that like uh it usually i just go in and, and do some bounties or clear out some lost sectors or do some strikes or something. Cause it's kind of mindless and easy and I know what I'm doing and uh, you know, hopefully I get something cool out of it. And you know, it's as of late, like Hogwarts legacy was our book club game the last couple months. And now I'm kind of using book club to dictate what I'm playing next, which can be good and bad in some cases. Uh, you know, I really, really enjoyed Hogwarts Legacy. I'm not sure how I feel about Resident Evil 4 right now, but uh, next big game I'm really looking forward to is Zelda. And so I'm kind of getting, I'm kind of not playing as many games outside of the games that I'm kind of maintaining because I'm looking forward to that Zelda experience, right? And so I want to be excited to play games and i want to be excited to play one specific game but you know when zelda's over i'm going to want to go back to something mindless and kind of okay i don't need to like pay a lot of attention i don't need to like focus on oh well i gotta get these resources to upgrade this to go do this to go do that you know maybe i'll play mario kart for a month straight or something like i did the last time (laughs) but uh you know that's kind of how i pick and choose what I'm playing and then I usually try to pick something different after like I'm not going to go from tears of the kingdom to whatever the next big open world game is right that kind of feels no bad news but yeah I don't know if anyone here gets open world fatigue like I I know people Mm -hmm. nowadays Mm -hmm. use um, linear gameplay as a negative thing and Mm -hmm. I don't think that's necessarily the case and everyone's like oh well if it's open world mm." I don't know. I think, I think, hmm, how do I want to say this? I thought I was getting open world fatigue. And like, I think because I, I really love horizon and I really love Zelda. 
and this is what I was telling you guys with God of War, where like I went to play God of War and I felt it was too linear, you know, and I, obviously I kind of told the story of like, oh, well, the director on an interview said he literally designed the game through a spreadsheet. You know, you do this, you go here, you do that, you go here. And I'm like, I can't unsee that now when I play God of War. And it's kind of ruined that entire experience for me. Uh, not to love it when not that not that I was like the biggest fan of the 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 other the last one anyway but like i don't know i just it kind of ruined that experience and i kind of feel like there's a section in the ron you know this more recent than anybody probably for through uncharted 4 there's that section with the jeep where it's like a explorable it's, like a linear. it's no it's like a it's like a linear path, but you can explore the linear path. Like, oh yeah, oh yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Or like, there were certain there were certain parts of the uh, with the Jeep in Uncharted Four that kind of like bored me, but you know, yeah, I, I was just using that section as an example where you could like explore this kind of yeah, you know where you're supposed to go on the path, but you can kind of veer off and explore. Where God of War in a lot of places doesn't have that, and I kind of missed the ex the exploration where if you would have asked me before breath of the wild came out if i liked open world games i would have said no i don't like open world games but then like i loved breath of the wild i loved all three of the new assassin's creed games i played like 25 hours of the witcher on switch i played horizon like horizon is one of my favorite games of all time and it's like I don't know if it's just this character or these things that are happening in the game or if it's just I do like open world games, but I think my thought process has changed. But also, I don't want to play five open world games in a year, right? I would, mm. I'm going to pick oh, one, yeah. one oh, or yeah. two and, you know, stick with it. So. I've been playing um, Elden Ring, which I'm like late to that party for yeah. sure, but I'm finally playing Elden Ring. And it's interesting because it's maybe one of the I don't know. I haven't, I don't play very many open world games, so I feel like I haven't gotten that fatigue lately. So it feels very exciting. But what I really love about Elden Ring specifically that I think Outer Wilds, it kind of connects Outer Wilds in my mind is that it doesn't really tell you what to do. I feel like I get fatigued when I can see a checklist and I can see like all the markers. Mm. And that's when I personally am like, oh my gosh, okay, so now this is a to-do list versus like Elden Ring, I am constantly just like, for better or worse, sometimes I forget what I'm even supposed to be doing, but I stumble into things all the time and then I kind of set my own goals. And so for me, that's what I've been really enjoying lately, which is weird because I do like checklists in real life. Mm -hmm. um, but I've realized for myself, like like when I was playing, um, I think it was Horizon Zero Dawn, um, just like the checklists for me, I was like, oh, I see all these checklists and I kind of just don't want to play anymore because now I'm just like, well, where's the next checklist item so I can like add to mm -hmm. it? And I didn't think about the story or anything after that. So I think for me, I've been really enjoying the truly sort of open feeling, sort of almost unguided experience that Elden Ring's been giving. Yeah, I I tried Elden Ring because everybody was talking about it. <clears throat> and you know we had that one review on our podcast where they were like oh they're you know they say they don't like Elden Ring but they never played it blah 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 and I'm like look not exactly how the episode went but whatever yeah so I we like, never said we didn't like it <laughs> Wait, yeah <laughs> to be fair the guests we had on that episode did play Elden Ring and then we got talking into like Dark Souls and whatever anyways 
I tried Elden Ring, and I'm like, man, this sure feels like an open world Dark Souls game. And I played about an hour and a half of it, and I'm like, I get it, and I turned it off. And I I'm glad the people who are enjoying that experience, but like for me, I just I've played enough Dark Souls games to know that that formula is not for me. Kind of like how you mm-hmm. feel the Horizon formula is not for you, mm-hmm. you know. And I think that just proves that games can be for everyone, but not every game is for everyone, and that we all are allowed to enjoy mm-hmm. what we mm-hmm. like to enjoy. Yeah, let people enjoy what they enjoy. <laughs> yeah, games are fun, guys. Play what you want. Oh, well, I think we did it. I think uh, I think we're gonna put a nice little bow on it and call it a show. Uh, Jenny, thank you for joining us tonight. This was a real pleasure. Um, I'm glad yeah. you made the time to join us tonight. You want to tell people where they can find you and where they can go to find your stuff? Yeah, uh, folks can find me on, what is it? Twitch, TikTok, and YouTube at Kimchika. Uh, and on Twitter at Kimchika25. Um, and I pretty much post about indie games. I pretty much create content about indie games. So if you like to discover indie games, um, that's definitely something you know we could, we could talk about and vibe on. Um, and I also have started this, new project it's been going on for a few months been months and it's been really fun it's called geeks and grounds and that's basically if you want another game club to join in addition to (laughs) this game club um with boss rush media it's uh, newsletter based so basically at geeksandgrounds.com you can sign up for the newsletter every week i send out basically a section of the game that we're playing if you want to timeline you know if you like that kind of guidance and then some questions and activities where it's like you know hopefully deepening your understanding and we talk about those in discord so yeah that's awesome we're we're gonna have to sign up sign us up for that that yeah <laughs> uh well thanks again um i know you're busy i know you have a lot going on and uh it's always uh a pleasure to see you and and hear your voice and and talk about indie games and yeah. other things with you so uh also thank you for letting us into the uh the chia circle of reviews yes. and stuff too. yeah me <laughs> in particular thank you for letting me play it i wholeheartedly loved that game and i was so happy to Yay. be able to share my experience with people play chia guys no excuse yeah yeah play chia i feel like that was directed <laughs> towards me stephanie but... yes it was <laughs> <laughs> uh uh, thank you guys so much for watching and or listening to this episode of the Boss Rush Podcast. Remember, you can get it a week early on Patreon for as little as a dollar. Uh, you can also get all of our other content early access uh, for that dollar. Uh, Patreon.com slash Boss Rush Media. Leave us a rating or a nice review. You can follow us on Twitter at Boss Rush Network, at Boss Rush Podcast. I want to thank everybody for watching and or listening. And until next time, we love you. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. So long. The Boss Rush Podcast is a product of Boss Rush Media, LLC, and is recorded from our headquarters in Akron, Ohio. This show is produced, written, and directed by me, Corey Deering. My co-hosts are Stephanie Klimov, Laurent Dawkins, and Edward Varnell. You can find Stephanie at Klimov underscore author on Twitter and Instagram, as well as on the EXP cast. You can find Laurent at Exodus803 on Twitter, Instagram, Twitch, and YouTube. 
and also on Crossroads, the video game podcast. You can find Edward at that retro code on Twitter and Instagram, as well as hosting Nintendo Platform. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at I am Corey in HD and find me hosting Tower Casuals, the Destiny podcast, and co-hosting Nintendo Power Find the Boss Rush podcast on all social media platforms at Boss Rush Podcast. You can also follow Boss Rush Media and the Boss Rush Network on all major social media platforms. Join the Boss Rush Network Discord and Facebook groups to interact with other friends and fans. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.